Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Speaking of really good, are the Wisconsin Badgers going to look really good Saturday at 11 o'clock against uh, the Michigan Wolverines? Now, Big Noon kickoff is coming again, right? Yeah, it was the third time. Yeah. So this was Badgers are 0 and 2 so far in Big Noon kickoffs. Yeah, before the Notre Dame game, they play. It was obviously announced that the Fox Big Show was going to be coming back. Uh, Why? (laughs) To Madison for the Michigan game, and I was originally going to have you know, a, a funny conspiracy theory saying of all the years when Ohio state is down, the big 10 is finally trying to prop up Wisconsin with all these national games. There you go. But uh, it really just doesn't play after they lost to Notre Dame <laughs> and you can't really prop up a team. That's one and two. Stop the music then. <laughs> yeah. That literally... Cause try as they might, even some diehard Badger fans hey, can't even prop them up. There are networks that go back to games. I give zero F's about like ESPN puts, Red Sox, Yankees, every game in my face. Don't care. I cared in like the middle 2000s, early I middle 2000s. Not. And then eventually I'm just like, I'm kind of sick of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, or like when they start doing the, the hey, Duke Carolina basketball. Hey everyone. And it's going to be on three stations. Are you ready what? for the most storied rivalry? I don't care. Duke versus North Carolina. Blue Devils versus Tar Heels. I would rather watch Ohio State blow out Michigan again in football rather than watching some East Coast rivalry. In a world where R.J. Brockman hates East Coast rivalries, he would rather watch Ohio State blow out Michigan. So, boys, what's happened Saturday then? Is Michigan going to blow out Wisconsin or is Wisconsin going to blow out Michigan? Or is it something we were talking about off air? It's going to be one <laughs> UGLY, you ain't got no alibi, ugly game. Well, you have two top 10 top five defenses depending on the category you're looking at here and offenses that when they've been challenged look challenged looked challenged yeah Yeah, i think we're gonna get an ugly lower scoring game in this one because both defenses are good obviously wisconsin's is much better wisconsin's a top 10 defense Mm -hmm. michigan is a, a good defense but also these are the teams that they've played western michigan mm. washington who does appear to be really bad yes, this year they do appear to be pretty bad northern illinois who is not the northern illinois of a decade ago mm-hmm. and rutgers. rutgers rutgers i think is actually a sneaky decent yeah, team they, this they year seem like they're gonna be all right but they won 20 sneaky, to 13 sneaky. we're talking about the 14 ranked Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, they're going to have a def- good defense. They're going to try and shut down Wisconsin's run game. But both teams are going to come in and try and do the exact same thing. Run the football. Mm-hmm. Both teams have huge question marks at quarterback. And if they don't have to throw it, they don't want to throw it. Right. I do think, though, you have a Wisconsin defense that's much better at stopping the run than Michigan is. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, well, I think Wisconsin's defense say, is a juggernaut. Yeah, and I think you would say that... that um, they only gave up 20 points to Notre Dame. I don't know if you heard that. Well, just just look at it. Wisconsin has played two top 10 teams in the country right now. Michigan has yet to play a ranked opponent. And Wisconsin is allowing 25 yards per game on the ground. Yeah. 
That's insane. What, That's Notre Dame good. Notre Dame rushed for nine yards. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about Notre Dame and Penn State. <laughs> Playing Notre Dame, Penn State, and Eastern Michigan, you're allowing just 25 yards per game running the football. The Badgers' defense is uh, insane. It's 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 beautiful. It's glorious. And we talk all all of this. Let them play offense, re- too. We yeah. talk all these glowing reviews of how good the defense is, but then this one is going to make you go, what? Don't, don't, They're don't averaging do 19 points per game, Wisconsin is, we'll and they're allowing 21.3 points a game. Huh? That doesn't oh, make sense. <laughs> That's just how bad the offense has been because a lot of those points have actually been allowed by the offense yeah. or yeah. the special teams. Like all of them. Like the majority no, of no them. No game has the defense given up over 20 points. No. I think at no. most, at most, you could argue that... Chase Wolf threw a pick six for Eastern Michigan. Yep. yep. The, the Wisconsin offense gave Eastern Michigan their only points. You could argue that between... Notre Dame earned between 10 and 17 points on Saturday. The offense well, has given up 21. Special team seven. Yep. And the... Graham Mertz has thrown two pick sixes. Chase yep. Wolf thrown one pick six. Graham Mertz also fumbled the football, which set up Notre Dame to have an easy score. Well, that one you still put on. So, True, really, but on I this mean, year... That's an assist from Graham Over Mertz. three games, this defense has given up 30 points, 10 points a game. Yeah. And I would say... Between Penn State and Notre Dame, Wisconsin's defense has really, yeah, 31 points. Seven, I would say 17 to Notre Dame and 14-ish, or I guess it would have been 13, to Penn State. Yeah. Those are two top 10 teams. Yeah. Those are two teams that have good offenses. That just shows you how bad the offense is I don't think anyone's bragging about Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, Rutgers, or the Washington Huskies offenses. I mean, somewhere somebody is. <laughs> the best, the by far the best offense they've played True. is True. Rutgers. And, yeah. and Rutgers, where does Rutgers, in my opinion, fall in the pecking order of the Big Ten? Rowdy, can I ask you, where does Rutgers' pecking order, where do they well, fall in the Big Ten? It's it's behind your opinion. Ohio State, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, I mean, Wisconsin. I'd probably even put Michigan State ahead of them right now. Mm. They're, they're at best like a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. Yeah. It was 20-13. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think we're gonna. I think <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna get an ugly, low-scoring game where both teams are gonna try so and run the football, football as much football. as they can, big play ten. good defense, and whichever quarterback can throw for over two hundred and twenty-five oh, yards, oh, no. I think that's the team that wins. Best part is, since it's not the SEC, this is gonna be the worst football game you'll ever see in your life if it's a low-scoring defensive game. So, Rowdy, <laughs> but yet I can go watch. An SEC game that ends in a nine to six overtime win for somebody, and it's the greatest. Well, thing you just you, don't. That, get, you that, just don't get it. Apparently, I don't. You just don't. Get Something's got to give in this game. You look at the you fact that we talked about how Wisconsin only allows twenty five yards rushing this this year per game. Mm-hmm. Michigan's running the football for two hundred and ninety one yards per game. Something's got to give. Good luck against the Badgers defense. But then on the flip side, Wisconsin's running the football for over 203 yards a game. Michigan's allowing about 130. Yeah. Like something's going to have to give whoever can run the ball better and play better defense is going to win. I like the Badgers defensively better than I do Michigan. Mm -hmm. It's just the freaking turnovers in Graham Mertz. 
Yeah, dude. That's that's the only thing that worries me about this game. We know that Michigan is is good. They're not great. They don't have a quarterback to be great. We know Michigan always comes in with a good defense mm-hmm. and athletes on that side of the football. We know that uh, Harbaugh loves to establish the run and be a bully when he can. Sure. We know all these things. This is like the exact same Michigan team that the Badgers have faced the last five years. Mm-hmm. So Rutgers put up almost 200 yards on Michigan in rushing. Running the football? Yeah. So that tells you how bad the, well, other, and, and the Shiano, other two offenses were. Shiano faced. likes to play just like Wisconsin and Michigan. Yeah. He likes to run the football, and when he can bully you, he's going to bully phys- you. A physical well, team that's just, yeah, going to punch you in the mouth, and if you knock them down, they're going to come bite your kneecaps. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're going to do a little Dan Campbell action? I, we're going we're gonna to bite your kneecaps? Yeah. We're going to punch you in the throat? I mean, judging by like the way his Buccaneers teams played, I'm going to go ahead and say there's a little Dan Campbell action in there. Well, <clears throat> looking at the first three weeks for the Badgers, someone your this is like a very comparable Arr. type game to like Notre Dame and Penn State when you look at the athletes, when you look at the, you know, bo- both sides of the football. But what were the big things that killed Wisconsin in both of those games? Graham it was Graham Mertz and the turnovers and then the offensive line not looking good. Graham Mertz. Look at this offense, boys. You ready for this? The offense, the Badgers going 19 points per game. That's good for 112th in the nation. Not last. Only three power five teams are averaging less. They have nine turnovers, three more than any other team that has played three games. Does it have those Power five teams. There. I'll have to look them up. The okay. red zone offense or the research department. Will. The red the red zone offense, excuse me, ranks one hundred and twenty sixth out of one hundred and thirty teams in FBS, and they are converting just twenty seven point six percent of the time on third down. The latter number is the worst figure of any Wisconsin team since records were first kept in nineteen eighty. And hell, it's not even the it's not even the fact that. Uh, <laughs> It's not even the fact that they're not scoring touchdowns uh, in the red zone. It's that they're not getting any points. They they flashed up a I laugh so I don't cry. A red zone statistic against Notre Dame. We can't do diddly poo. <laughs> where Wisconsin was only capitalizing on 40%. 40% of the red zone trips. That wasn't touchdowns. That was overall. That gets you into the Hall of Fame in baseball. Yeah, I was to say in baseball. That's like Ted Williams, dude. <laughs> Rowdy. <laughs> again, can I read the stat again? The Badgers are scoring 19 points per game. That's good for 112th in the nation. Only three Power 5 teams are averaging less. The research department's on it right now. Nine turnovers, three more than any other team that's played three games. And the red zone offense, Rowdy, 126 out of 130, converting 27.6% of the time on third down. The latter number is the worst figure of any Wisconsin team since records were first kept in 81. Just off the top of your head, they played Penn State. They got into the red zone six times. They scored on just two of them. Six times they were in the red zone to score against Penn State. Scored on two. Then even Eastern Michigan, you dominated that team. You faltered in the red zone. They're a crappy team. And then obviously there is Notre Dame where once again they made it to the red zone multiple times and A, either turned it over or got stopped on downs, missed field goals. So... Let me ask you this on the Graham Mertz. Lit Bucky on Twitch.tv, search my name, Ebo, says at the follow button. He says, that's because everyone on defense, everyone knows that Mertz is looking just for Ferguson every time. When you watch Mertz, Mertz he looks at his first t- read, right? And then if he doesn't you get just it. call him Merch? Yeah. Like merchandise Mertz? Uh, he should be of 100% off all his merchandise for Mertz. Mertz, Rowdy, and you said this, and RJ, you said this too. 
if he doesn't, if he looks at his first read and is covered, he gets all of a sudden nervous, happy feet, and then all of a sudden there comes the <gasps> turnover, there comes the whatever. The whatever bar? The whatever bar. All right, research department uh, just Th- got to oh, me. Oh, thank you, research department. Uh, do you want to guess at the Power 5 teams that are lower than I just, uh, Wisconsin? I just, I'm going to go with Washington because I was crapping on them. No. Wow. But a team in Washington's conference is there. Washington State. No. <laughs> uh, the southern part of the conference. I don't even know if I can come up. How about you just tell us? Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've been really bad this year. Colorado. Oof. They've who, been bad. Uh, so Arizona's averaging 17 points a game. Colorado, 13.8 points per game. Oof. And Vanderbilt. Ooh, Vandy's Ooh. bad. 12 and a half points Vandy's per like game. Vandy's like bad, bad, bad. Can you, can you guess who's last? In college football, in scoring offense, Connecticut. No, they're really. The, oh, actually, they did have one yeah, game where yeah, they scored quite. They put up four. They're fourteen point two. Whomst? Navy. Navy. Ten, and they've been terrible this year. Ten points per game. Oh, by the way, just the a na- little Navy. future Navy. file. Don't you future ever talk file. bad about the troops, RJ? The you know boys. who we might bet on to. tomorrow? That's just Army. Nope. Air Force. It was a team you named? Navy. Vandy. Oh. Vandy. Because sucks. this this is their Super Bowl this weekend, boys. Who do they got? Tennessee. Connecticut. Oh. oh. <laughs> Speaking about a game you just want to watch. I was that, that's a big noon. Big, they they play Connecticut there. this weekend. That's their Super Bowl. You look at that schedule in the SEC, they don't have any other wins. Wow. Yeah, there it is. It's 630. Connecticut at yeah, Vandy. They, they pushed channel? it to prime time. Does it say what channel? Probably is SEC Network. The Huskies already have five games in. They're 0-5. Yeah, they, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, they suck. And Not good. The Commodores. But yes, that's their Super Bowl, RJ. So you you give me everything you got in that game. Baby. Who do you got? Who's favorite? Of a Vandy favorite? Vandy by 14 and a half. Yeah, Vandy's <laughs> got to be favorite. That's, no, that Connecticut's is, one of the worst football teams in college horrible. football. Wow. They got whooped on by a team that then turned around and got whooped on by like an NAIA. Sport. They got beat by Holy Cross. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. And then Holy Cross. Didn't even know they turn, had a football team, to be then honest. Then in turn, Holy Dude, Cross got just dominated by some like William and Mary or something like that. Oh no. By like 60 I believe points. Holy Cross was the game where their coach was like let's bring it in here guys and then yeah. no one got and into the huddle like, and they're like Ugh. Holy Cross beat Connecticut 38 to 28 and then Merrimack beat Holy yeah, Cross Merrimack. 35 to 21 and then Holy Cross went on to beat Yale 20 to 17 and then uh, Mo- <laughs> Monmouth Monmouth sorry 45 to 15. Yeah, Monmouth is Division 2. Yeah. How about Yale? I, I was when I see Yale, I just laugh. Yale, Yale, yo, Dale with Yale. Wow, Holy Cross beat Connecticut. Really, <laughs> really, really, really. But bad. back to the Badgers. I kind of, you know what Graham Mertz it reminded me of a little bit, but he is this guy, but with a stronger arm. Who's that? He's Brucey from Longest Yard. Brucey, no. No. <laughs> Why can't I be quarterback? Well, not Brucey. Let's not accurate. That, let's see that arm. Not Brucey. Turns the football over. Sit down. No. no poise in the pocket. He just has a stronger arm. Oh, no. Is Graham Hurts. Let's say Uncle Rico was put into that game and he actually got to play. Is that Graham Hurts? Is Graham Hurts an Uncle Rico that just got to play? Maybe. You seen Uncle Rico throw that ham steak? I've actually thought about that. <laughs> and the foot and the footballs. I've kind of like tried to think of who I thought like Graham Mertz was when you're growing up with him, and I think the closest thing I came up with was like 
He was like the pretty well-off kid whose parents always got him everything and told him he was great. But he was really just subpar. But he got to be the starter and do everything. Because of the helicopter. He had helicopter parents that were always there to be his coach and prop him up. What? Can the research department find out if he was the coach's son? I don't believe he was. All right, we'll come right back. So we're expecting an, uh, an ugly game on Saturday, right, boys? Ugly, ugly game. Yeah. Two two good defenses, Badgers better, and two offenses that you're wondering what's going to happen. Yeah, honestly. Well, you wonder because of Michigan's I, offense because Badgers defense so good. Yeah, we'll see what Michigan comes out in because I think Wisconsin should be able to move the ball against this Michigan defense, much like they did last year when they put up almost – it's like it's really like the same Harbaugh Michigan team like every single year. Yeah, it's like solid defense, decent run game, question mark at quarterback, and Wisconsin with the Jonathan Taylors of the world have been able to dominate them. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Taylor's gone, and the quarterback play so far this year has been worse than what we've seen in the last five years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but everything else says that Wisconsin should win, but just like those other maybe, two weeks. Maybe you get another, hey, we're going to open up the field and see what Clay Cundiff can do again. And then everything, will, the floodgates will open and we'll see the Wisconsin offense. That's why this is Wisconsin's last stand. If they don't prove it this time, they're done. They'll never prove it. Big noon kickoff coming again. It's a nooner. It's a nooner. Wow. But at 11 a.m. 11 or. That's the problem. My favorite you time. You call it a big noon kickoff. And it's really only big noon kickoff. I love in one time Central zone. Time. Central the Central Time Zone is the best time zone. You know what? I like. I got a buddy who lives in Seattle now, and it like Monday, Monday night football, Sunday night football, Thursday night football. All those late games get done at like eight p.m. You still got like time left in your day. That would be pretty nice, actually. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy the Central Time Zone. So when I hear the big noon kickoff, I was raising an eyebrow. I was like, well, it's, a, it's 11 a.m. Yeah, like you call it that, and it's like, oh, I mean, for literally everybody else in the country, <laughs> it's 11. Why are they coming again? Nine. Why well, are they coming? I also find it a little bit weird. Are there any other matchups between Big 12 or Pac-12 schools? Like Pac-12, Pac-12 schools you're really never going to go to because that would be a 9 a.m. kickoff. You know why I find it weird? It's because when Fox started getting those games with the college football, it was the Big Ten, mm-hmm. it was the Pac-12, and it was the Big 12. Yeah. Because ACC and SEC were all ESPN and kind of on their own thing. Yep. But obviously, ACC, SEC is East Coast. So that's why it also is confusing why they would go with the big noon kickoff since all those games that they originally had. Yeah. We're all Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12 footprints, which none of them really would have been kicking off at noon. It all would have been 11 yeah. or I earlier, mean, like the, the yeah. nine, like with how they have the nine kick for I guess, some of the I West Coast games. like half the Big Ten teams are in the Eastern time zone, but... We don't count the, Maryland and Rutgers. <laughs> no, they're, they're wannabes. They're the redheaded stepchild. But the stepchild footprint is the clearly Midwest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, boys... Big noon kickoff coming. Badgers, do you buy into anything like this? The Badgers are 0-2 right now with big noon kickoffs and staring at a potential 0-3 if they do lose to Michigan. Well, I think the bigger thing is that when big noon kickoff comes to town, it's normally a good matchup with good teams. Therefore, you're playing better competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 
two you have played are top 15. Top 10. You yeah. just haven't lived up to any expectations, which is sad because the Badgers, you could make the argument. I know if you know my aunt had balls, she would be my uncle, but you could make the argument that Wisconsin easily could have beat Penn State if you know just one play alone, like right? Graham Mertz doesn't put it in Ches Malusi's shoulder pad. He puts it in the bread basket, and he goes on into the end zone. And then, Rowdy, what was the score in the fourth quarter after the Wisconsin Badgers made a field goal against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Yeah, it was 13-10 to 10 with about 14 minutes left. Could you imagine, though, if they end up making a nice play on special teams and Notre Dame starts at, like, their own 20? Mm-hmm. That completely changed the game. That yeah. You had just made the momentum to take the lead at 13-10. and 10. You just took momentum back, and you kick off, and Notre Dame goes right down there, returns a kick, and all of a sudden that momentum you had taking the lead is the exact opposite flipped on its head times 10 because it was off of a kick return. Right. And then it just went downhill from there. Uh, speaking of going downhill. And there was one thing we never brought up. What's that, Rowdy? And it was right away in that game when when Wisconsin, and I believe it was Leo Chanel, picked off Jack Cohn. That was, there uh, was no pass There was no pass interference no, whatsoever. Absolutely none. There was no I, pass yeah. interference. I, we never, I never got to bitch about that, but that was one thing that... There was no pass interference there. That was the guy draped out here with his left hand, knocked it in the air, and he had his right hand just kind of trailing behind the guy. He wasn't even grabbing the guy. And then later in the game, Notre Dame got a, was it a holding or a a pass interference call? I believe it was on Hicks, Fayon Hicks, where it was almost like, the exact like, huh? same thing. Yeah, there was, and no, they called it again. Yeah, but then Notre Dame had one where I believe it was on Kendrick Pryor going over the middle on like a post. Same exact thing, and they go, "Oh, nice play! Yeah. It was a great play." Oh, that, that was the same exact that, thing as Fayon Hicks' yes! interference. Yeah, that, that, and that crowd or that announce crew was definitely. I I didn't know they allowed NBC to broadcast over Fox. You know, yeah. that, that I felt like <laughs> yeah. I was watching Someone the get, NBC uh, Notre, home Notre Dame out. broadcast. And I that thought whole time. outside of those three calls, because they were the exact same play to me, I thought the game was refed well. Yeah. But those three calls, well, the interception they were all pivotal. Well, yeah. The, 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 or the, the catch in the end zone. I thought it was a touchdown. I did not. Well, you could go back to the interception. Because you see that ball move from right hand to left hand, and he's not touching it. See, I, <laughs> that interception is the, the most egregious one. Oh, absolutely. No, it was the, the most egregious. The, that, that just kills momentum because all of a sudden Wisconsin's starting with the football on Notre Dame's side of the field too early in the game. Yeah, I mean, like, that's a huge you're momentum on their thing. 40 going in. At the end of the game, the bigger one with Kendrick Pryor, where it was the exact same thing, yep. and it wasn't called. Mm. That was when Wisconsin was trying to drive down there at the end and and make it. And it was a competitive game where if you go yeah. out and score a touchdown, that's your momentum again. Yep. And now, Getting not angry. so much was I super upset with the Fayon Hicks, you know, because that one was more of an irrelevant call. It didn't really matter. But it was the principle of, well, the Chanel interception got called back because of that exact same play. Right. And the Kendrick Pryor one wasn't flagged. What yeah. are we doing here? The Yeah, the Fayon Hicks one was whatever, but it was just the principle of the other two. Yeah. The worst call of the game was when Chanel picked it off and they called pass interference. But at the same time, we talk about <laughs> they that. They called pass interference on Chanel. <laughs> Number five. Nope, he's the, the one who got it. The stupidest call. On top of that, in all these games, though, they're right there to still win the game. Yep. Yeah. And they play Terrible. Mm-hmm. Graham Mertz snatches 
What's I was, I'm in such a conundrum as a guy that is a Badger fan. Snatches defeat out of the, the jaws, jaws of victory. victory. I'm in such there a conundrum as a Badger fan that has an over nine and a half win ticket. <laughs> And I don't get I, I don't get the bowl game. I don't get the Big Ten championship. Yeah. I get the twelve regular season games. They have to go ten and two. They're one and two right now. And those were potentially the two best teams they play all year. And they freaking should have beat both of them, but no, they lost them. Yeah. It's Wisconsin's last stand, Rowdy. And it's like ticket. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out there and lose another ugly game to Michigan, lose another ugly game to Iowa, and maybe lose an ugly game to like a Rutgers or something crazy like that. And all of a sudden they're seven and five. But I also wouldn't be surprised if if they go out there, look good, beat Michigan by a couple touchdowns, beat Iowa by a touchdown, yep. roll over Rutgers, and finish the season ten and two. Yeah. Hell yeah, I don't know. All right, we're gonna talk. That's why this team is so frustrating. All right, here it is. Here's the uh, Rowdy hasn't heard it yet. And Nelly, you didn't want to hear it just because you were just like, what, disgusted or like, I can't believe this. Like, what was going through your mind that you just didn't want to see? Literally, David Stern sitting there like a disappointed parent as Devin Williams looks very bashful, sheepish, and doesn't even want to look at the camera as he talks about what happened. Yeah, it was kind of more or less when I saw the news break and then the, you had the press conference. I was like, I don't even care. Well, let's take a listen. Um. So I'm here with Devin. Um, Devin has a fractured right hand. Um, the injury is likely to keep him out for the remainder of the season. There is an outside chance that if we were to play in a World season, a World Series, uh, that Devin could be available for a World Series. Um, the injury will likely require um, surgery, will likely require a plate, and we're in the process of, of scheduling that um, procedure now. Um, the, uh, the injury occurred uh, after our celebration on Sunday night, um, and Devin is here to, to discuss how the injury occurred. All right, so before we get to Devin, I, I, the volume's a little quiet, so I do apologize. That's just the, the clip that I have. David Stearns is sitting there. He looks like the parent that just told you, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. He looks like the parent that, might not forgive his kid for quite some time. Devin Williams is sitting there like the kid that knows he effed up, knows it's going to affect him for quite some time, and just looks like the kid that can't even look his parent in the face to admit what he did wrong. Well, here's Devin Williams. Um, so after our celebration, I uh, went out to uh, have a few drinks, and on my way home, I was a little frustrated, upset, and um, I punched the wall. So that's that's how it happened. So just to reiterate, Devin Williams says after their celebration, he went out for a few drinks. On my way home, I was a little frustrated, upset, and I punched the wall. That's how it happened. Devin, just what are you feeling? You know now now that you know the news and, and what the outcome is going to be for you. You know, I'm pretty upset. Here I have a I have a larger larger a uh, louder clip of that answer right here. On my way home, um, you know, I was a little frustrated, upset, and um, I punched a wall. So that's that's how it happened. Devin, just what are you feeling? You know, now now that you know the news and and what the outcome is going to be for you. Um, you know, I'm pretty upset with with myself. There's just no one to blame but me. I feel like I've let my team down, our coaching staff, our fans, you know, everyone. I know how big of a 
role that I play on this team, and there's a lot of people counting on me. Uh, but, you know, I guess all I can do now is cheer my team on and learn from it and don't make that the same mistake in the future. Did you guys not know the severity until... You're laughing over there, Rowdy. Yeah, because remember you said... Have you? Do you know anyone, or do you remember any time where someone punched a wall? And I came back with, "Well, I've punched a couple doors before, but no wall." Yeah, one came to me while I was sitting here listening to you it. You punched a wall? No. You asked me if I had ever punched a wall yeah. or know anyone that punched a wall, and I said, "No, I've punched a couple doors. Oh, but, oh, I've never punched wall. a wall." Yeah, I had something while you were playing that, and I just started chuckling. Well, I do remember someone hitting a wall now, and it was from reality TV, and it was from Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he, that ended up being. Who was that a, again? Was that that was the, the, situ- the situation? situation. Yeah. And he is in a neck brace. <laughs> the That's situation. A, so yes, I now I remember one. Yeah, he punched a wall. He put a neck brace on because of it, right? <laughs> Here's more from Dad. So, yes, that's what the situation That's Probably recently. I wasn't aware now. So, what? Today. So, yesterday. So, De- Devin actually tried to throw with this yesterday. Um, we were not aware of this. He, he went out and tried to throw. I think at that point, um, he recognized that, that he had hurt himself. Um, he came in, told our medical staff. Um, we got him an x ray during the game yesterday, um, got the results during the game yesterday. Uh, have consulted with our doctors today and, and understand that surgery is going to be required. Then how surprised were you when it, it sounds like you thought it was nothing and it turns into something that's going to keep you out? Um, I mean, yeah, I didn't initially think that it was going to be that serious. Um, like he said, I tried to you know, throw through it, but it, I wasn't able to throw through it. So, <laughs> so I, I actually... Wow. I actually don't believe him when he said that. What? Because that he kept it a secret. Then he tried no, no, to throw no, that he it? didn't. That he didn't know. Oh yeah, you would know if your hands messed up. Yeah, like when I broke my hand, broke punching two, a door, two metal carpals. <laughs> I knew because it just felt wrong. Yeah, it didn't feel right, and obviously it was throbbing in pain. But also, I feel like he knew, obviously, but he tried to throw through it to see if he could somehow not be outed yeah for doing that and and obviously it's at a critical point in the season yeah, I the mean, playoffs are the here. playoffs officially start for the brewers next friday <laughs> literally in eight days and he is but i done. think i think he was just so embarrassed he's like i'm gonna see if i can try and throw through this and if i oh, can yeah. throw at all and then he finally got there and was like yeah i can't throw at all uh, apparently devin williams has never seen the movie bull durham Oh, sorry. Well, did you hit? Did you hit me with your right hand? Did you hit me with your left? Hun, did you hit me with your right hand? Did you hit me with your left? My left. Good. It's good. Well, you get in a fight with a drunk, you don't hit him with your pitching hand. <laughs> Apparently, he's never seen Bull Durham, Rowdy. You're a pitcher. You're the reigning NL Rookie of the Year, the reigning relief pitcher of the year. Your job is to pitch the ball. Not punch walls. Uh, all right, Rowdy, when it comes to Brewers and wild, weird, bizarre injuries, uh, one that pops in my mind right away, I, I go to K-Rod, who stepped on a cactus in Maryville, Arizona, and he had about 500 cactus barbs in his foot, 
And it didn't take until like, I think it was over halfway through the season, while he was still out there closing for the Brewers, he still had barbs in his foot. He still found a way to pitch. Yeah, you had K-Rod. Doug Let's, Melvin got stung by a scorpion out there in Arizona as well. We've brought it up in the past. Jonathan Lucroy, who supposedly his wife dropped luggage on his hand. A lot of air quotes. Hand. A lot of air quotes flying right there. I mean, I, I know you've been on vacation before. I've been on vacation before. I've had luggage. Yeah. I don't see how something like that could legitly bust up your hand. Whether what were they dropping it from like a second floor? Well, sometimes third Rowdy, floor. So when I travel, sometimes you know I I travel very light. I just do my carry on. I pack all my stuff in my carry on. That way, I don't want to have to check a bag. Sometimes you know, like I'm not saying she always does this, but she she travels a lot lighter now. But my wife used to back in the day pack a lot of luggage, and there'd be a lot of stuff in there. And if you were to drop it on something, it might it might break a bone. Heavy luggage. It's like what? Do you, I don't know. Pretty like, honey, ske- we're leaving I'm, for like a long weekend. I'm pretty skeptical on that one. You got like three months of clothes in there. What are you doing? Also, another weird one. How about uh, Zach Grinky missing like the first six weeks of the season? Remember, because he broke his ribs like a week before the season started playing pickup basketball. Yep. Uh, before that, Je- uh, Corey Hart was placed on the DL because he uh, his appendix was going to burst. I think he thought he had eaten some bad food. So when his stomach pangs didn't go away, he went to the hospital and they removed his appendix. Another good one for the Brewers was, if you remember, Will Smith, former closer. Big Willie style. How he was taking off his shoe after a game, and he tore his L. I think it was his LCL yeah. in his knee. Yeah, he was taking off his shoe. And he was taking <laughs> off his shoe, and it was like the one where you, you have your, your shoelaces were untied, and yeah. he's ripping it off. That's what officially tore his LCL in his knee. Rowdy, there was a time when Gene Segura was, uh, uh, let's see, walking around in the dugout, and Ryan Braun was taking some stretches and uh, swinging his bat a little bit, and he plunked Gene Segura right in the face. I don't know if you remember that one. Gene Segura got plunked in the face. It did not turn into a trip to the IL, though. Well, then it was called the DL, the disabled list, but now that's the IL. I'm trying to think who it was. I don't even remember if this might not even have been a brewer, but there was somebody shagging balls in the outfield before a game and tore his ACL. <laughs> uh, like just going through batting practice. Do you remember Chris Narvison? I do. He went on the DL with a uh, left thumb laceration because he was uh, repairing his baseball glove and he cut it accidentally with his scissors. What about Trevor Bauer? who hasn't pitched for the, like the last two, three months for the Dodgers. But remember when he was with the Indians and they were in the World Series with uh, the Cubs and he was bleeding all over the ball because he cut his finger with his drone? <laughs> was that when drones were first coming out? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was yeah. 2016. Yeah. Um, he cut his finger on his, his drone, drone and the the – Stitches that he had were bleeding all over the ball in the World Series. How did Matt Gamble tear his ACL? I think it was a, it was a foul ball. His foot caught under a padding, causing his knee to twist. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. But those were just the ones off the top of my head, and this is why I go back to being ultra, ultra conservative like Craig Council and David Stearns have been with their pitchers and with their guys that have come up with injuries. Rowdy, can we save this for 9 o'clock? Because we got Rob Reichel coming up. We got Rob Reichel coming up, and you know Robbie likes to talk. So we got to get Robbie in. We got to give him his time. Paulie says Sammy Sosa throwing his back out while sneezing. <laughs> Will Smith, though, I think. I don't know. K Rod stepping on a cactus and having about 500 barbs in his foot. Doug Melvin being stung by a scorpion. 
Will Smith taking his cleat off and tearing his LCL. And now add another one to the long list of weird Brewers news. Devin Williams has broken his hand punching a wall after celebrating the Brewers winning the NL Central and apparently getting hacked off, pissed off later that night. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win. You get paid. BetUS.com. Rowdy, what did you say about Rob Reichel that you got him? Now, listen, I, I laugh so I don't cry. And I, I loved when Robbie said this, that Mertz was going to win the Heisman. Like, I loved it. It might be the only thing Rob's ever been wrong on. <laughs> say good morning to Rob Reichel. <laughs> hey, Robbie! Good morning, my friend. <laughs> Nelly said he pipe bombed you on a Graham Mertz zinger. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has every right to, and everybody in town probably should. Like, Robbie, like you said, Robbie, a question for you, really quick. Do you think Devin Williams thought the same about Graham Mertz as you did, and that's why he punched the wall? Because he thought about Mertz and he got mad, and then he, he hit the wall? I would have loved somebody yesterday to ask Devin Williams what had him so upset. Right? He, he, you know, they, they just won the division. They're on pace, you know, to be maybe the best team in Brewer history. I mean, did he did he just have that bad of luck that night at the bar that he that he that he came back and punched a hole in the wall that he well, was, you know, going to bed solo? I well, mean, Rowdy, I, Robbie, listen to what Rowdy said about it. Yeah, so like a lot of people were theorizing like this has to be about a woman or something like that, right? That he would get that angry. But I said earlier this morning, I go, if it truly was about a woman, if you just bust your ass. Pitch lights out. You and the Brewers go and win the World Series. You'll find two or three more just like her. Two or three. I said 200 to 300 more if you're a World Series champion. Listen, guys, I've covered baseball in this state at all levels, even down to like A-ball and Beloit. And when those games end, there's 50 women from Janesville waiting to hook up with a Beloit stamper. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I'm gonna, I mean, I, I doubt. I doubt it was about a woman in all likelihood. But I, I would have just loved somebody to ask the question, you know what? And hey, I give the general manager a ton of credit for making that pinhead go out there and talk to the media um, rather than hide like they would in, in most cities. And certainly they would hide him in Green Bay uh, for as long as they could. But, uh, you know, I, I'm telling you, they, they didn't get a lot of answers because, you know, I, you know not, 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 not to kill the media and eat our own guys, but, I mean, I, I certainly would have loved if somebody asked the follow-up page hey, and what were you so mad about. Hey, and, Robbie, let's be careful with Janesville. i got some family there, okay? And Rob Reich will join us. Right? And they might go to those games. Yeah, they might be Beloit Snappers, man. Let's be, let's, all right, let's be easy on Janesville. All right, Rob Reich. Yeah, I love Janesville. That's not a lie. Edgerton, too. Rob Reich is joining us right now. i got family there. Robbie, <laughs> Packers-related. Uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to Lambeau Field. Before we talk about that, what's your final takeaways on that win out in San Fran for you know 37 seconds, no timeouts, Rodgers to Devontae and Mason Crowley. Be the man with the golden leg. You know, guys, even before that 51 yarder by Crosby to win the game, or, you know, whether they would have won or lost that football game, it's the first time I can remember in, in several years, guys, where the Packers stood toe to toe with one of the NFL's bullies, right? One of the NFL's most physical teams, and they punched back the entire way. And, that, and that's very un Green Bay like. You know, this. 
this is a team that relies and wins most of the time on execution and finesse. And, you know, they're, they're labeled this soft like, you know, a lot of other teams that they play against because, you know, Rodgers is so, you know, remarkably precise and he can pick teams apart. And they don't beat you up, for example, in the running game and they're not overly physical, you know, on, on each line of scrimmage. But um, they certainly were on, on Sunday night. That was my biggest takeaway almost of anything, guys, is, is maybe this group this year for the first time in a long, long time, you know, maybe back to the days when Desmond Bishop was there laying, laying hits on guys. I mean, that's what Campbell reminded me of the other night in, in, in San Francisco, just that they could stand toe-to-toe, and they, for once, weren't the 98-pound weakling who had to, who had to beat you with sheer execution and, and precision and things like that. They punched the 49ers right back in the mouth, guys, all game long, and, um, you know, they'll see a similar team on, on Sunday. You know, Pittsburgh's as physical as it gets, too, guys. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be one of the main storylines to watch through that game, too. Can, can Green Bay continue to match the physicality of, the, of their opponents, which is, which is something that was a huge weakness, guys, for several years now? Yeah, Robbie, so let's advance the story coming in here uh, as the Steelers come to town. Uh, is this, honestly, is this really the first meeting between the two teams since the Packers won the Super Bowl over them? Well, no, they played in 13 and 17, too, Evo, but it, it's the first time Rodgers is going to see these guys. That's what it because, is. That's what I it mean, is. in a remarkably, you know, kind of strange, unique way that the schedule and his injury history has fallen, he missed both the, the game in both 13 and 17 with broken collarbone. Yes. And uh, so, so, yeah, it's the first time Rodgers will see these guys in a game since, since you know, his Bowl. legendary performance in the 45th Super Bowl. Wow. So, Rob, I mean, is Big Ben a shell of himself or what? There's no question. I mean, he's shot. He's done it at 39. His passer rating is under 80. He's got as many picks as he does touchdowns. I mean, he just – I mean, you know what's scary, Evil? It's only September 30th today, right? We're only we're only three games into the season, which in – in a 17-game schedule now means we're only about one-sixth of the way through the year. What is this guy going to look like in December? What's he going to look like, you know, in week 16, week 17? I mean, he might not even be on the field, I guess, by that point in time, but he does look absolutely shot. It was certainly a a risky, a controversial decision, you know, in in Pittsburgh, whether or not to bring him back this year. That that salary cap number he had, though, was so high, it was going to be tough to move on. He, He redid his deal, and and they brought him back, guys, and, and probably thought they could maybe catch lightning in a bottle, much like they did last year when they had that really hot start. I mean, what were they, 11-0, and 0, I think, at, at one point last year before they lost three of their last five. But, no, Ben looks done, guys. And and, he, and, and let's be honest, I mean, his offensive line is a bottom five in, in the league as well. He does have really good pass catchers, and, and the rookie running back, Harris, out of, out of Alabama, is going to be a stud, guys. But if you can't block and your quarterback is shot, it's going to be hard to put up points in that game. And I think Pittsburgh's really going to struggle to get past 20. Yeah. Hey, Robbie, uh, what would you think of that line uh, protecting Aaron Rodgers with, you know, Elton Jenkins out? And uh, they have, uh, what, uh, Yoj Nijman? I can't even say that. How do you say that guy's name again? Nijman? Yeah. Nijman, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that line protecting Aaron Rodgers with kind of a makeshift crew? Just remarkable. I mean, right, Evo? I mean, now, now again, credit to LaFleur and, and his offensive people. You know, the game plan was, was clearly designed to get the ball out in two seconds, two and a half seconds or less. They weren't, they weren't going to, you know, run, run four verticals or something like that and let Rodgers sit back there five seconds 
you know, against Bolton and Ford and, and those interior guys. But, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you what, that, you know, that, that group just kind of continues to amaze year in and year out. At the start of that game, guys, you know, I, I made a point to, to note to the world, you know, just Twitter-wise or just in a story that the only returning starter they had from, from 2020 was Billy Turner at right tackle. I mean, Runyon and running at left guard, right? The two rookies at center and, and right guard and, and Newman and, and Myers and then and then Nishman at left tackle. I mean, he's their third option, guys, at left tackle, and he's got to go all night against Bolton. And I know I know they gave him help on probably the better part of half the snaps, but, but guys, and, and those other ones, he held up pretty well. Um, I mean, even David Bakhtiari is going to have an off play here or there against Bolton. The guy, the guy is that good at and really, guys, now looking forward, and, you know, Jenkins will be back, maybe not this week, but certainly the following week, I would think. Um, you know, they're only three weeks away from getting Bakhtiari back. Um, if, I guess if he, if he passes all the medical side of things, he's eligible to come back after, after the week six game. They're really going to have some depth up front. Um, but, guys, from what they lost from a year ago to what they put on the field here on, on Sunday night, the way that line held up, people, was absolutely remarkable. I Going into the game, I really thought it was a game, you know, where they could lose the quarterback. I mean, it was it looked that dire to me up front, but but those guys did yeoman's work, and uh, you know, it really bodes well for where that line can go down the road. Yeah, and Rob, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Brian Gutekunst and how he's assembled that line with not only depth, but obviously you still have the Bakhtiaris and the Elton Jenkins of the world's when they're healthy, some of the best guys in the NFL. But I just can't help but go back and remember when, like, their third left tackles, or even at times their second left tackles, were like Gearhard De Beer or Alex Light, mm. guys that just got absolutely abused on the field. And I think it was also pretty, pretty interesting and, and cool to see, really, the fact that they were chipping Bosa with tight ends pretty consistently, either with the tight end or running backs, which obviously that's going to help those guys out quite a bit as well. Yeah, and Nelly, I'll go back even further for you to, to that 96 Super Bowl team where they, they couldn't get the left tackle figured out all season long. They, 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 had, they had John Michaels, the kid they drafted. Uh, Kenny Rutgers retired on them. Um, they, they were hoping to get him back, and he wound up retiring a month into the season. They, they eventually moved, took a journeyman offensive lineman that they had signed you know, kind of late in training camp named Bruce Wilkerson, and they, they threw him in for about the last four to six games of the regular season and then the playoffs, and, and, and the guy was remarkable. I mean, he held his own and, and then some on, on their Super Bowl run that year, and, and, and I don't think the guy will ever have to buy a drink or a meal again in Green Bay any time he comes back. He, he's remembered that fondly, but you're, you're right. I mean, Nelly, mo- most teams don't have five up front that they're comfortable with. I mean, Chicago might have won. Um, you know, you, 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 look around, you look around the league, and, and all these you know all these teams have problems year in and year out, week in and week out on, on the line and getting things, getting things fixed and solved. And, and you look at it, right? Myers a two, Newman a four, Runyon a six. I mean, he just keeps taking linemen, and he's going to miss here and there. And he, you know, he, he missed on a couple of those rookies. Probably he missed on Hanson, and, and they've already gotten rid of the kid from Indiana that they took. You know, in from 2020, you know, Gutekunst is going to miss here and there, but I, I'm telling you, overall, he's had success. Ted Thompson was remarkable at wide receivers and offensive linemen. Gutekunst hasn't been nearly as good at wide receivers, but he's been pretty good at offensive linemen. Robbie, before I let you go, which it's the worst part of my day when I got to hang up on you, I shed a tear every time. But Robbie, <laughs> what happens on Sunday, real quick? 
Yeah, again, I just, you know, guys, it's, it's a probably surprise your listeners a little bit because Joe Barry's taking a lot of heat, and some of it is certainly justifiable. But but they do rank number nine right now, guys, in total defense. They're not giving up a whole lot of yards. They are, they are 24th in points, which is bad. I mean, that's concerning. But some of that is certainly set up, too, by 68-yard kickoff returns and, and things like that, which they had in the 49er game. But, but I, Pittsburgh is just, you know... I, I, well, I think it's probably one of the six to eight worst offenses in football, the way that quarterback is playing. Green Bay looks to me like they're trending upward a little bit on defense. I mean, it, it's not going to be easy sledding for Rodgers and that offense to move it up and down the field. It's, it's, you know, we'll, we'll see more as the week goes on if, if Watson going out with that groin. Yeah. I certainly hope he can go, guys, because it's, it's a treat for everybody in this state to get to watch him. Um, and, and certainly come home and watch yep. you know, play at Lambeau. Where, where you should and it's a time-honored tradition, Rob, a time-honored tradition to hear that we got Kevin King and Vince Beagle instead of T.J. Watt. It certainly is. But I'll, I'll kind of leave you with this, Evo. I'll say like 27-16 Green Bay. Love it, Robbie. Um, I would have invited you to uh, Shakey's in Janesville, but I guess it closed like in 2008, so I guess not. But... Uh, well, we'll have to find another place to go down there. That's what's up. That, 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 that's a great area. I, I spent the early part of my career in Beloit and, and uh, went, went to Jamesville far more often because that was a hotbed of activity. Evil. Robbie, you the man. We love you, brother. All right, pal. Take care. There he is, Rob Reichel, Conley Media, Forbes.com. We'll check him out on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Devin Williams definitely looks like the biggest idiot around. My question before you go into the tirades you're going to have in the Bruce front office we have one nominee for D-Bag of the Week so far this week, and it actually is Grant Pills of the Wisco Sports Show. <laughs> well, I did have the a, shoe fits. I did have a question, though, on my Twitter account at Ebo Says yesterday. Does Devin Williams now get nominated for D-Bag of the Week for cele- first celebrating the Milwaukee Brewers winning the NL Central and then going out after the fact of celebra- uh, you know, celebrating at American Family Field, going out, having more drinks, and then punching a wall because he became upset about something. And now done for the Brewers and the uh, hopeful World Series run. Is Devin Williams up for D-Bag of the Week opposite of Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show? I feel like you have to do it. Uh, let's see here. Grant or uh, Grant is up. Maybe Devin. Ben Kenny. Ben Kenny. Yes, you. Is Devin Williams up for D-Bag of the Week opposite of Grant Bills? Absolutely. And he should win. Or do we have to wait until the Brewers run into a series in which they have to go to the bullpen and said bullpen arm that they had that would have been Devin Williams blows a game? I think you I should think it has save, to happen right now. No, I think you should save Grant's D bag of the Can't. week. Nomination. It happened this week. It has Can't. To happen. Can't. It has to happen at the on the week. Listen. I think you should save that for if the Brewers lose in the World Series, it's all his fault. No, we'll, 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 we'll again, Grant will like when I say this. We'll circle back to that. Because so if the Packers be, don't win the Super Bowl, because if Grant, if Grant he wins, Wisconsin if Grant sports. wins two times, because this is how this works, we have a committee, like Selection Sunday, right, for March Madness. We have a committee that meets and we seed all of the D bags. We seed all of the D bags and then have a March Madness style bracket called the ultimate D-bag bracket, and we crown the biggest bag of the year. <laughs> if you have two wins under your belt, that's automatic criteria for a one seed. Did I get a one seed? You were a two seed, I think. <laughs> I think, you were a I, two think seed. I was a fringe. 
If you get two nominations and win your weeks, you are up. You're that's you can get vaulted to a one. No, seat I think this is where it was. People were pissed because I did not get nominated D bag of the week a second time. Because remember that was the game in which oh, yeah, the you, Kentucky players yeah, didn't shake, shake hands, hands, but then it Turned was reported like a week after that the majority of the team actually did. So and it was like only a couple people. So we can, and Grant will like when I say this again. We can circle back. Grant can win it this week. And Devin Williams can win it later on, and so can Grant in future weeks because of this take. So I think I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it. You cool with it? Ben, you cool? He's cool. You just made the list. <laughs> Devin Williams, you have just made the D bag of the week list, opposite of Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Two Wisconsin entities up, and this is rarefied air in the D bag vote tomorrow. Grant Bills v Devin Williams, unless we get more nominations in. Grant Bills could be saved by one Devin Williams punching a wall. I don't know. Like I've I've kind of been in Devin Williams shoes, but not after clinching a NL Central and and partying for it. I've never ever said that I would rather have two second places instead of a first. True, but Devin Williams may may save Grant Bills. Well, since week. we're talking about this, actually, you remember at the beginning of the show we were talking about this a little bit, and I said this actually could be a positive thing? Yeah, tell me more about that. Because you asked me what were your initial thoughts, and I said, well, I shook my head and said, really? Mm-hmm. Of all things, and it was after. It, it, the worst part is that it was after you were celebrating an NL Central clinching game. Like, after that, it wasn't like what two days after. Yeah, like, about? what could have been so bad that got you so mad when you should have been so jubilant and partying with your, your boys and your teammates? Yeah, you're literally on cloud nine. I, I don't get where that came from. But then I I started thinking about, oh, what are the Brewers going to do? Well, I think this just shows that Aaron Ashby is going to become more important. Which he looked nice last night. And let's not forget, you know, they still do have Josh Hader, who is going to win yet. I think it's going to be the third time in a row being the best reliever in Major League Baseball. And that guy that's won the award now, it's going to be three years in a row. That guy is having his best career year. And oh, by the way, remember before he was actually the closer, he was a multiple inning weapon that came in in the fifth inning for two or three innings. Maybe it was going to be the seventh and the eighth. It just sounds like I remember Josh Hader is about to get used more and you're going to have to use them and abuse them in this uh, playoffs because it's all about winning the World Series now because I was told it was about saving these guys and not resting them or, or sorry, resting them and very conservatively, I might add, yep. to make sure they're good for the postseason. Well, now your best relief pitcher is Josh Hader. It always has been. Mm-hmm. More of, of that load is going to have to be carried on his shoulders. I remember. Yeah. So and let's see it. Also, they talked about how they're saving their relievers. Like, we don't want Woody and them going this because we're going to save them for the postseason. All right. Looks All like right, it's time to it. put a little bit more on Burns and Woodruff and Peralta to go six, seven, eight innings. Reach yeah. Game. When you it's get playoffs. to the postseason, it's yeah, they're, playoffs. They're there. They're there. Well, the only reason they'll be able to consistently go six and seven is because they were taken out at the end of games when their pitch count got too high. Huh. Really? Yeah. Because I was told that you were going to get hurt. 
And Devin Williams, he couldn't go back-to-backs all the time because they didn't want to get him hurt. Then he goes out and breaks his own hand. Whenever you start to do stuff at the end of the season so that players don't get hurt or that they're ready, you somehow always find ways that players still get hurt and they're still not ready. I have a question. That's not a correlation. No, this is no, just a freak thing that happened. I want to. I have a. I have a, I have a, I have a that has nothing question. to do with arresting guys. Ben, let me ask you a question. Does a the you know limiting Devin Williams and maybe you know, watching his pitch count did that contribute to him punching a wall? No. Oh, okay. But he still got hurt. Yeah, he's hurt though, right? He he actually got hurt from doing something dumb than actually pitching and playing the sport that he's paid to play. Here, how about this? Maybe yeah, but that's if, a different conversation maybe, than the starters. Maybe, I'm talking about Burns and Woodruff, Hauser. Maybe, you know, Burns was hacked off for getting the, left the game early because the council getting the hook early. So it was Woody. Maybe they get so mad they might punch a wall. So maybe and, oh, and by the way, the only good thing that came out of last night's game in L.A., is the fact that Scherzer got lit, lit up. up last night, and Corbin Burns has to be your favorite in the Cy Young right yeah. now, and he's got one more start. Hey, did you know that last year Corbin Burns could have been a Cy Young candidate? That's but, the only thing that came but out. Craig of that Council game. and giving him the early hook. What did uh, what did Burns Burns miss it by a third of an inning for not being a, eligible for a Cy Young candidacy last year? Right? Yeah, Robbie? and he, he but he went to one. He would have been top five. Huh. Still, would like the chance, right? I'm sure he would have. I mean, this is a team that just clinched the division. What? Yeah, Sunday. A week left with a week left in the season. Yeah. They've made the playoffs for four straight years because they have a great manager. Do you really count last year as making is, the playoffs? He's a yeah, legend. They got two additional games, but it was just a massacre. Okay, fine. Three out of the last hey, four. Craig if Council you take is a away legend. last year, questioning him now because one of his relievers is a dumbass and Did punched the wall. Did you just take away the Brewers' playoff appearance? Did last you just year? take one away? Well, you just asked me if it counted. Unbelievable. Get out of I here. was posing the question. Hey, d- you, it, you took it away. Didn't you say Craig Council's not a Brewers legend? <laughs> you no. said that. No, he's, he's not, s- but he's a damn good manager. Huh, interesting. Flip-flop, Questioning just him like now Grant just because Devin Williams punched a wall I think is stupid. Uh-huh. Well, I'm just saying that people can get hurt in so many different ways. Being overly protective. Ben, do you have helicopter parents? No. Well, that's good. Neither do I. Rowdy, I don't think you do either. I don't know. I'm just saying. I would have. Uh, this doesn't prove the point that Corbin Burns should have pitched 140 pitches to finish his no hitter. He was on pace to throw 115. He was already at 115. He could have got out at it, 118. Yep. Well, it could have been three pitches, Ben. Still, Craig Council being a good manager. I think. Let me and just let's see not, here let's really not quick. forget the other time where he had it and he was in the upper 90s. Huh. And they took him out after eight innings. Boys, the Brewers, the Brewers, I have it. I know I know why I figured it out. I have figured it out. The Brewers clinched the division on Sunday, correct? That would be the 26th. Yep. Against the Mets. Uh, Ryan Bronde. Ryan Bronde. What was it? The uh, Wall of Fame weekend? Oh, never mind. I thought I had it, but I didn't actually. Damn. Never mind. Devin Williams is hacked off about something. I think what it was was he was hacked off that Craig Council didn't let Freddie Peralta go more than five and one-third innings, gave him the early hook, and Freddie said I he think wanted I, to get actually, out Actually, I think I figured out what it was, boys. I think I finally figured out what Devin Williams was so upset about. I'm listening. They were out partying and doing all that, and remember last year when he won Rookie of the Year? And yep, yep, he, 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 narrow, he narrowly won because actually two of the – Milwaukee Brewer beat writers didn't vote for him for first place. Someone actually, while they were out partying, were like, yeah, yeah, hey, hey. those were the two guys that from Milwaukee that actually didn't vote for you. And he said, what the hell? 
Well, and he actually threw at our guy, <laughs> Andrew Wagner. Yeah, because Andrew Missed, Wagner likes to drink. Hit the wall, and now that he's got a busted ben, hand. Did you know last year, when Devin Williams won NL Rookie of the Year and NL Reliever of the Year, did you know that Andrew Wagner voted him second behind Alec Bohm? I forget who he voted first. Uh, I, believe, oh, I have to ask. Him. I believe it. I believe he had Bohm one, and I believe it was Devin Williams two and Cronworth three, and then uh, Hardicourt had him. Hardicourt had, had him third, third behind both of those guys. Third, <laughs> third. And then, by the way, then that same guy, the second guy we just named, Hardicourt, he then was was quote tweeting Devin Williams quote tweeting about being upset about being left off of the top two relievers in 2020 because his numbers spelled out him and Hendricks had like identical numbers and they were one two but he got voted third best reliever and then he was trying to defend Devin Williams being upset for being the third best reliever when he should have been one or two yet he voted him third third. for rookie of the year tell me how that makes any sense it doesn't so one of those guys was out at the bar and Devin Williams saw him on Sunday and punched the wall because of him. he missed him because he was drinking so he was a little off balance Maybe Devin Williams hears people criticize his manager and he gets pissed off at them every time no no he's on our side